0: When we were children, we called out to our parents in the middle of the night. We made claims of monsters and hauntings. I cannot remember the world through the eyes of myself as a child. I cannot remember if those monsters were ever even there. All I remember is my dad coming in and telling me that the monsters were not real. Still, he would look all around my room, under my bed, and in my closet like he had a treasure map to find some sort of hidden treasure. As time went on, I would stop calling for him. No longer would I need his help to fend off dark visions because there were not any. I wonder if they were ever actually there. If they were maybe. Maybe they left, because I spent so long being told they were not. Does it work the other way around, though? So many adults wander through life knowing monsters are not real. What if you saw one? Just by pure happenstance, you came across something that you previously assumed did not exist. Would that knowledge sink into your mind and create a consciousness that could bear witness to all manner of oddities? A previously unseen world now visible with a new set of glasses. After those things assaulted me during the thunderstorm, I kept a closer eye on the trees. I watched the way they moved and felt my heart skip a beat whenever the wind pushed them around. Even with my fingers ready to grab the hunting rifle resting at my side, I used to go out into the woods with my dad and he would teach me how to shoot, how to observe nature around you, how it could help you predict what is next. Hell, I was able to own a gun before I was able to drive a car. Though I was never much of a hunter myself, it seemed the knowledge was going to come in handy. If anything, it sparked my love for being outdoors and eventually led me to where I am now. Every so often, telltale signs of brewing fires would rise from the evergreen. Smoke trailing high into the sky, reaching towards an expansive blue. I would signal it in and watch the efforts to swiftly put it out. The stretches of green, as beautiful as they can be, turn into a single mass when you stare at them long enough. A plane of green static moving around the tower, every so often broken up by wisps of smoke or altitude climbing birds. For hours, I sat watching the world around me as the sun dipped over into the horizon. Before I knew it, that heat that bounced around the lookout during the day had dissipated and the sun retreated. Darkness had made its inevitable return. It had been a few nights, almost a week since those creatures attacked me, but every day it felt like a fresh memory, like the attack happened only moments ago in my mind. I dreaded watching the trees at night, just waiting for a familiar light to start closing in on me, waiting for those things to come back to finish the job. Thankfully, the weather had let up and there had not been many more storms since. No sheets of rain distorting lights and no flashes of lightning revealing grotesque creatures. Still as I sat up in the tower, I felt my heart skip a beat when I spotted another source of light within the trees. My chair creaked as I straightened up to get a better view of it. This time, though, I could tell by the way the light shifted and occasionally broke through the canopy that it was a flashlight, a powerful one at that. I wrestled with the choice of remaining stationary, but when remembering the beast that attacked me, I was not inclined to leave someone at the same fate. My fingers laced around the chilled metal of my rifle as I hoisted it over my shoulder, a leather strap running across my chest holding the rifle in place. Closing the door behind me, I started heading down the stairs. Memories of the attack swam in my mind. I could feel the urge to run back up the steps as I made it to the bottom. Standing for a moment, I looked around to make sure there was not anything watching me. There was only the whistling of wind pressing through the branches. The ground pressed under my feet. Remnants of the previous storm still lingered and saturated the soil. Carefully, one step after another, I carried myself away from the safety of my watchtower. Further and further, I descended into the woods. Leaving the tower to venture into the woods at night typically was not advisable but I was not about to let some unsuspecting victim suffer from the things that attacked me. I kept my rifle at the ready. Its safety was still locked in place. I did not want something to startle me and suddenly a shot was ringing through the trees. My flashlight also kept in line with the barrel of the rifle. Small patches of light falling over large and brown tree trunks. Realizing just how little light my flashlight provided, I made a mental note to buy something better thinking that, when I found the Lost Wanderer, I could ask them if they had one. As I made my way further through the trees, catching casual glances at the light I was chasing after, my eyes kept being drawn to the trees. The way the grooves ran up into the night sky, I kept feeling like I was looking at an alien landscape. I had traversed the forest countless times, but surrounded by the darkness with the memory of those creatures in my mind, I felt foreign. That is when a particular tree caught my eye, or, rather, the pattern on the tree. The light beam in my hands fell over the impressive tree. Like all the others, the bark had deep grooves running up, but as I followed those grooves with my flashlight, I saw they tilted off. The pattern followed a large branch making the grooves arch overhead. What was stranger still was the branch contacted another branch from a separate tree. The other trees grooves behaved very much the same way as i stood there looking at the bigger picture of these grooves i could not help but realize it looked like a gate i had stopped moving i had not noticed it but i was standing before the gate crafted by the trees peering through the overarching branches i could feel a pressure resting in my chest it felt like when you hear a noise you do not recognize ringing out in your home at night There is that stillness to it as you sit in bed waiting for something to make itself known. The thought of walking through the gate, causing the hairs on my arms to prick up. I took a few steps back that almost felt instinctual, like backing off from a predator. Then I heard the faint whisperings of conversation. I had gotten all turned around when I caught sight of the gate and somehow faced away from where I was heading. The trees have a way of doing that, though twisting your intended direction, taking you off course the moment you are not paying attention. It was strange. Even though I had gotten turned around, the voices were so close to me. As I swiveled to look at the source of the whispers, I could see a light pressing through the spaces afforded by the trees. I might have gotten mesmerized by the strange formations in the trees, but there was no way I could have missed it. No way I would notice how close I was to the people I was searching for. It was as if I had covered a sizable section of the forest floor within just a few steps. I was still trying to make sense of my footing as I cautiously stepped closer to the whispering. When I first caught sight of them, I felt a sinking in my heart. Maybe it was a trick of the light, but the human figures appeared first to me, wrapped in flames, unmoving and unbothered by the jacket of the heat thrown over them. Their heads turned to me, and within a blink, the flames that surrounded them vanished. I swear I could still see the vapors of extinguished flames rising off their bodies, much like the wisp of smoke I had been trained to spot. With the visage of destruction lifted, I could see the four younger figures sitting around the campfire. Well, younger compared to me. They had to be in their early twenties at least. They held cans in their hands. Fingers hide the label from me, but I made the safe assumption that it was alcohol. Stepping toward, I began opening my mouth. Ready to scold them on the obvious dangers of having a fire in such a closed off area of the forest. The ground was still wet, sure, but fire is unpredictable, and like water, it finds a way to its destination. One of the women there raised her hand, cutting off my speech. She explained that they made sure to soak the ground and the trees. They did not intend to burn down the woods. Not under your watchful eye, the woman said, words slipping through ruby lips. I thought it peculiar that someone would wear a dress to go drinking in the woods. I caught myself staring at the waves of red fabric she wore, thinking perhaps that the initial sight of her dress is what caused my brief hallucination. See something you like, Alan? She spoke again, her words a soft hiss like the flow of gas seeping from the stovetop. What I interpreted as scorn misaligned with the smile and soft eyes that stared back at me. There was a muffled chuckle from one of the boys beside me, I felt as though I was being put on the back foot, but regardless, I needed to get them out of the forest. Even assuming they were completely safe from starting a blaze, those creatures might be attracted to their fire and they would be helpless to stop them. I thought until I investigated the fire. Much like the woman's dress, waves of rolling red covered a body. A small and frail shape crumpled up within the pits of the logs. The body's eyes were the most striking of all. The way they reflected the light from the flames back at me it must have been etched into my face my confusion my attempts to turn gears and figure out what i was seeing out of the corner of my eye the woman rose much taller than i expected her to be don't worry alan we're wrapping up here there was a rolling realization that i had not introduced myself in fact i had not said anything at all to the kids turning my head ready to press the issue I could see the other three around the fire pouring the contents of their cans onto their heads. Amber liquid created a sheen over their hair. It ran down soaking their clothing all the way to their sneakers. I stepped forward but remembered them telling me something around the lines that they had soaked the ground but never mentioned that they used water. The woman stood up. She looked lost and, out of sorts, green eyes darted back and forth. She looked at us able to see beyond the bark and foliage. She looked like a child scanning the dark sky for alien spacecrafts, but still, her body marched to the woman in the red dress. Following suit of the others, the fiery fabric was stained darker by the liquid, the vapors describing the flow of something flammable. They could see flashes of memories, barbecues and days spent mowing the lawn. In those memories she stood there, dress soaked, tainting each one of them. We just wanted to say congratulations. Her words snapped me back from the past I had fallen into. The other three repeated, congratulations, their words sounding so genuine that it betrayed the scenario playing out before me. On your rebirth, the woman concluded as she lifted her hand and in between two pinched fingers, I saw a matchstick. Given the circumstance, it felt like a loaded pistol had been aimed directly at my forehead. I stood shamefully, unable to move a muscle. I cannot explain it. When those strange creatures showed up, I was afraid, but I was able to fight back. I was able to do anything but looking at them, all standing there, eyes so full of childlike wonder staring at me. I could not find it in myself to say or do anything. The woman in the red dress held up her other hand and cradled the chin of the other female who opened her mouth. It looked like when I was a kid, and a doctor would put a wooden spoon into my mouth and hold down my tongue. She reached into the girl's mouth with a match, and in one smooth movement, she ran the bulb of the stick along the roof of the woman's mouth. Like a snake, the flame hissed to life. She held the flame between the two of them, still cradling the other girl's head. A stern glance shot my way with a tooth grin she spoke. "'Don't let us down.' Her final words punctuated when her lips met the other woman's, and a spark ignited. I could almost see it in slow motion. Like time itself had dictated, I had to watch. That I could not run from it. The fires I had been trained to stop swept over her body. Blue led by red. Flames eating every inch of her. Vision ran through my mind. Seeing the wave of the fire rummage. The surface of her body. I saw a great surge of fire sweeping over the forest like a tidal wave, something unstoppable and beyond me. All my memories flooded in and were swallowed up by the wave. For a moment I could see it, I could see it rushing through the woods beyond the burning effigies in front of me. My skin itched and burned as it drew closer, and just as I thought it might take me with it, the flames vanished. My breath was ragged. I could still feel a waft of heat with each pool of breath like I was taking a drag of a cigarette. I had not smoked in years, but the feeling was so unmistakable. Upon seeing that, the figures had vanished along with the wave of fire. I thought, or hoped, that that's the last time that I would see anything like this and this was all a dream. But I could still feel the heat in my lungs. I could still smell the vapor of gasoline and, as if dictated by fate, before me drifted a piece of fabric encompassed in embers that burned until the fabric had left my sight. Only the lingering senses reminded me that I had experienced something. I backed away, one step after another, carrying me away from the scene. Like I was backing away from a bear, I treaded lightly, soft footsteps over soft ground. To my side, trees passed by. Their bark seemed to be burnt, wrapped in twilight, No matter how hard I tried to not make sense of it, who they were and how they knew my name, any of it, somehow a group of kids half my age put me more off-center than a horde of monsters cornering me in my fire watch. From beyond the trees, as I continued to back up, I saw a familiar light. It was one of them. The things that had attacked me, I thought for a moment it was running at me, but it was limping, its body smacking the ground when it could not support itself. The ground shook and suddenly something massive and dark slammed down on the creature. It vanished under whatever assaulted it. I looked up for a moment and thought there were two moons. I finally lost my footing and fell backward. As I did, I could see in my peripheral tree, one with familiar markings, averting my gaze away from the massive eyes staring back at me. I could see the branches above me that curved and twisted to form an archway. My back hit the ground with a thud, spine smacking against a rock, A feeling distinctly different than the soft soil I should have landed on. I arrived on the ground, pain swimming through my body. Slowly, I regained control of myself and struggled to my feet. Rolling over, I braced my fingers on the ground, readying myself to stand up when I noticed the light brown surface between my fingers. Moving my fingers around, I found that the ground I was supposed to have fallen on was gone and in place was stone. The dust of the rock had covered my back, and I could feel its grit in between my fingers as I pushed up and rose to my feet. Bewildered, I observed my surroundings, smacking my hands against my pants, I looked out upon the sea of green once more. From the elevated cliff where I stood, I could see my firewatch tower peeking out near the horizon. Just by falling between those trees, I had moved what must have been close to a mile or two away from where I was. I could not help but feel like if something like that had happened to just some casual hiker, they would struggle to find their way home. Luckily, I could see my tower and had a direction to head in. With the sun rising, I started making my way back to the tower. Even with a head saturated with questions, I had to man my post. Besides, I was not going to find any answers just standing there.